Welcome to Building Ideas, exceptional people discussing inspired experiences that create an enduring impact on our communities. Building Ideas is presented by MSA Design. To learn more about MSA, visit us on the web at www.msaarch.com. This is Bill Baker. Welcome to the podcast today. Passion, commitment, integrity, enthusiasm. These are all words used to describe today's guest who comes to us from the West Coast in the University of Southern California. Yes, Mike Bone, Director of Athletics of the Trojan Nation, will be joining us today on the podcast. Mike has over 35 years of collegiate athletic administration experience, having previously served with the Air Force Academy Falcons, the Idaho Vandals, the San Diego State Aztecs, the Colorado Buffaloes, the Cincinnati Bearcats, and now in the beautiful sunshine of Southern California. He is an alumnus of the University of Kansas Jayhawks, where he was a two-sport varsity athlete, Boulder High School in Colorado, in his Little League, which was very formative for him, and we'll have a good conversation about it today. He is a proud husband, father, and grandfather, and highly committed to a student-athlete-centric culture within the departments that he manages. So welcome to Building Ideas, today's exceptional person, Mike Bone. Well, first of all, Bill, it's a privilege to be with you. I've always enjoyed working with you and just uh, recognize that partners like you are just so important for any really organization to be successful, whether it's intercollegiate athletics, the sporting world, which you and I both, both love, or or any other passion that people have. And it's just important to have relationships that allow you to grow, learn. And I think that's one thing that uh, uh, in my short time here at USC, on my opening press conference, I talked about the importance of listening, learning uh, before leading. And I think that that's critical. And I think that that's why I was fortunate to be the son of a PE teacher, a single mom who, really instilled the importance of uh, being active because uh, she knew she had three boys in the house and uh, uh, it was about being involved with sports, 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 and more sports. I played three sports in high school. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to play two in college and uh, obviously just love what sports represents, what it does for uh, not only participants, but for fans and mm-hmm. for the community and so many people that have invo- been involved. So, I've been fortunate to be a student athlete and then obviously uh, an administrator for, shoot, almost 36 years now. And it's just been the greatest, as you know, and your business and and for those listening that uh, it's competitive. It's very competitive, regardless of your field. And uh, uh, the sense of of understanding the value, uh, being able to compete, and again, partnerships and people that can help you along the way are, are, are just critical. At what point did you say, I want to go into sports and administration or the sports business? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. We, uh, when we were moving from San Diego, uh, when I was at San Diego State as athletic director to Colorado, my daughter was uh, helping us load up some things. And she said, oh, hey, Dad, I'm reading an article about you from in college when you talked about wanting to be an athletic director. <laughs> and I never really knew that I said it publicly then, but uh, obviously that was a goal. And uh, again, it's, a, it's an incredibly competitive field when you think about it. There's really 
only about 70 athletic director jobs in the country that are that are viable in sense of an opportunity to compete for championships at the highest mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've just been fortunate again to be around some incredible people, great coaches, uh, great administrators, great community members, sponsors, mm-hmm. donors, uh, and, and again, partners along the way that you learn from. And uh, I'd like to believe that I'm a constant uh, student of leadership and trying to make a difference by growing and learning more ways, different ways to communicate mm-hmm. with different constituents. And obviously in the end, stimulate uh, student athletes to excel. Yeah. As you look back, when you were a student athlete, were there any particular coaches or professors or athletic directors or people who really stood out in your mind that helped you, you know, you wanted to emulate as you moved into the business of sports? Well, Bill, I think that, that it always goes back to, to high school coaches. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, be around some incredible coaches. We won two state championships in basketball. Uh, we were in the state playoffs in, in football. Uh, we were uh, in the playoffs in baseball and uh, having great coaches. And I can just think back of, you know, my high school coaches. I was fortunate to have two of them, and they were both incredibly impactful in my life and, and just building a sense of toughness, but also building a sense of leadership and, and uh, being men that uh, just stood for everything that was right. And, uh, you know, Dennis D and Tim Rose were, were awesome. I stay in touch with Tim Rose regularly still. Mm. And obviously my basketball coach in Kent Smith, who was uh, really a John Wooden version uh, at the high school level. And, uh, we won a lot of basketball games and football games for that matter because we had great coaches. Mm-hmm. And uh, then obviously you get into college and you have different coaches that help you there. Tom Baddett, Kansas was amazing. Uh, Ivy Williams, just some wonderful people. I could go on and on. It, and, and if they're listening or heard about this, they're going to go, well, you left me out. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I didn't leave you out because there's just, again, I've been blessed to have so many great people that have helped uh not only believe in me, but uh, help find maybe a certain aspect of my life or, or my ability as an athlete to uh, turn that into leadership. As you moved into the different levels of collegiate athletics, obviously you were an athlete, Division One. Um, you went into administration. Ultimately, you've been an athletic director at what I would say the, the group of five level and then ultimately now at the power five level and you know, USC, one of the you know, elite programs in the country. Where have you seen similarities and differences between, you know, that rise in level between institutions? You know, that, that, that's really a good question. And I think that, uh, you know, you may say, well, Mike, your first athletic director job is at the University of Idaho. And you know what? The same passions and the same concern and desire for student athletes to thrive and reach their goals are no different than any of them. Mm-hmm. And obviously USC is a, in a, in a different range as far as visibility and, and the size of the program and its history and all the wonderful things that make USC great, which is why I'm so fortunate and blessed to be a part of, of something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's really all the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the sense of wanting to ensure that all our student athletes, male and female, that they're learning and growing and really firmly uh, a Firmly is the wrong word. Really allowing intercollegiate athletics to penetrate their soul. Mm-hmm. 
and to get inside of their heart and know that they can utilize that experience of being a student athlete both on and off the field to competition to go on to be phenomenal leaders and to be uh, successful in the, in their own lives, whatever they're directing their head in. And I just think that was, that was something that it was important from day one, and it still is. And my roots really were in marketing and promotion and fundraising and all those different aspects. And the, uh, again, back to partnerships, without those people investing, supporting, uh, injecting you with ideas and opportunities to promote student-athletes and to build a, a, a crowd around our teams that help those athletes compete and be successful at a high level, is such a joy and, mm-hmm. and such a, uh, a phenomenal feeling when you know that you're making a difference for young people and setting a stage for them to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of the changes you've noticed in the collegiate sports landscape, maybe since you started you know, at Idaho and on your athletic director journey? Well, I believe that, that obviously, uh, and I think that the COVID challenge we're experiencing yeah. right now is so unique that, that, uh, that is testing us all. But I think that as time has evolved, I think you're seeing more and more of a student-athlete-centric uh, model, mm-hmm. as I like to call it here at USC. In other words, if there's a, a, an issue or a challenge, whether we're working with you to build an incredible new stadium, fan experience, student-athlete experience, training experience, whatever we're working on, we must every single day and every single turn and every single corner as we approach it, we've got to ask what's best for the student athlete, Mm -hmm. student athlete first, whether that's helping them with safety, whether it's helping them with uh, time management, whether it's helping them uh, reach their goals, whether it's helping stimulate them through the, the wonderful environment we're going to build around them, Mm -hmm. that everything has got to be centered around the student athlete. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that gives, stronger and stronger every day and i think you're seeing that today i mean obviously with the the commitment to uh student athletes of color and ensure that we're doing everything we can for our african-american student athletes in a way that has never been done before mm-hmm. and uh i believe we were on that track before the the uh, george floyd killing and all those different challenges associated with that but student athletes first have got to be our top priority and i think we've got to have a better understanding of where our athletes come from what they need to be successful and so we can help them in every single facet of their life mm-hmm. obviously mental health i mean mental health in the 80s when i was a student athlete and in starting my career at the air force academy mental health was not even ever mentioned or talked about obviously being a cadet at the Air Force Academy demands incredible strength and courage and uh, uh, a stick that maybe people don't understand. But I, I don't ever recall people worrying about mental health. Obviously, they were worried about student athletes uh, or, or cadets being uh, homesick and all those different things. But I think it's more about the student athlete, mental health, and ensuring our young people have a platform to stand on to be successful. Is it tough to balance that focus with, you know, especially at the largest Division One level where you're at now, with all the pressures of fans and championships and, you know, all the other uh, items in the mix? I mean, do you, do you find it's 
challenge to get the staff and the department focused on that, or are you able to push away some of the noise of all the? You know, Bill, that that's a great question. I think that what I hear in, in that question is that are people saying, "Hey, you know, there's a there's a saying in our business: we love you, win or tie, but don't tie too much." <laughs> and so, obviously, the will to win. And everybody wants to win. But I think that as you, again, if you're really true to your word about student-athlete first, then it's easy. I think that uh, I like to talk about guiding principles. And if you're guiding principles student-athlete first, those are your guardrails about every decision you make from your hires to your coaching to recruiting to, uh, you know, the food you eat to where you travel, every single aspect of running an intercollegiate athletic program, it's got to be around student-athletes first. Mm -hmm. So I think that that uh, it's easy to do that if you recognize that, hey, we're unbending on that, and uh, we're committed, and we're all in. And if we do that, we believe we will win. Mm -hmm. And uh, rather than worrying about winning, be a winner. Being a winner by how you treat your student-athletes, how you treat the people around you, how you recruit staff and and all those that are going to touch your student-athletes and ensure that uh, everybody recognizes that we have a job and we have a commitment to uh, young people because of them and because of intercollegiate athletics. So it, it's, it's a lot easier said than, than, than done for many, but if you have those guiding principles in place that are solid and those guardrails are there, it actually makes decisions very, very easy, and it makes them very, very comfortable, and it makes them consistent. And I think that's important. Hmm. You know, there's all this talk about, in, you know, the new ability for athletes to, you know, have control of their likeness. Where do you see that going as far as how universities, the NCAA, and everybody else manages that kind of new? Well, I, th I think it's a it's a really a interesting challenge right now because the NCAA is trying to help with it. We've got politicians from. California to Florida. I mean, I just saw Florida this week uh, enacted uh, some laws that allow student-athletes to have certain rights and the ability to monetize their name, image, and likeness. And mm -hmm. obviously, California has been very active on that front as well. But again, I'm a student-athlete first uh, athletic director. And if we can find a way to ensure that uh, it's equitable across the country mm -hmm. and throughout different markets, uh, I think it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I know this, uh, being in the in my mind, that the longer I'm here, understanding uh, the Los Angeles marketplace, Los Angeles is the number one sports city in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced of it. This is where champions are made. This is where champions come. And uh, I believe that's been demonstrated time and time again at the college level uh, here in Los Angeles, but also the professional level. And uh, I think that's why it's exciting to – try and help uh, our student-athletes in this marketplace be able to take advantage of their name, image, and likeness and put that together. I mean, just this week, we reinstated Reggie Bush yeah. back into the uh, UFC family after he was disassociated by the NCAA for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I know this, that that was very, very painful for a lot of people. And there were a lot of different aspects of that that were misunderstood. And in the end, it's about trying to ensure our young men and women have the ability to know that uh, they can do certain things uh, that are really 
they built and and really established, and I think they should be able to pull that together. So that that excites me, and uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully resolving that so that our student athletes can feel good about moving forward. How do you see the awareness is brought up by the COVID coronavirus situation impacting athletics from your perspective as a managing a huge team and a large organization? What are some of the impacts you think it's going to have on on running and managing a you know a world class large scale athletic department? Well, I think that again, back to student athletes first. I mean, we are going through incredibly challenging times associated with all the scenarios associated with COVID nineteen. So, the good news is, and I'm an eternal optimist, and I always like to take the positive side. The good news is we are finding new ways, more effective ways, uh, use of technology to ensure our student-athletes are safe. Mm -hmm. And anything we can do to help our student-athletes be safer and know that uh, we have their uh, goodwill and their health and their mental health in our minds at all times, I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing for their parents. I think it's a good thing for them. And uh, it's critical for them to know that our sole mission is for them to be successful. But that's got to start with them being healthy. And I believe it's going to raise the opportunities for uh, rehab, for uh, uh, identifying challenges or health issues that maybe they have that maybe we didn't see before with a deeper uh uh, look into their history and into their symptoms, all the different things associated with it that hopefully we can identify and help address. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's, that's a positive thing for athletes. And I think that's a positive thing for, for everyone. And if we can help student athletes with that, then hopefully we can help the rest of campus with that. I mean, we have 40, 45,000 students running around USC on a daily basis, including grad school students. So if, if there's something we can learn and help young people, then that, that's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. But do you see it having any impact on games and seasons and travel and, and how, how you manage or promote competition between institutions? Well, obviously the, the challenges financially are immense for all of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the creativity around some of the modeling on scheduling mm -hmm. and the different aspects to – be efficient will certainly help us. Uh, but in the end, I think that it's about trying to find a way for us to lift, listen, learn before we lead associated with different aspects moving forward. And I believe that right now everything is on the table. And so that's a good thing. That means that uh, whether it's dealing with the challenges of uh, – uh, you know, the racial injustice to mm -hmm. issues across the country, to health of student athletes, the health of our fans, to travel, to every scheduling, television, uh, all those different aspects. I think it's going to help us. It's painful and it's a challenge right now and it's testing us. But uh, in the end, I believe that we'll come out bigger, stronger than ever. But it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough uh, climb out of the uh, financial bucket, if you will, trying to understand that the deficits this is creating across the country are significant. You have been involved throughout your career in projects and planning projects, and your teams have built and renovated and um, 
and I know through that you've been aware and obviously you're always looking and seeing and learning about new places, new buildings, new experiences for fans and student athletes. What are a couple in your life and career, what are some key spaces, places, or built experiences that have inspired you? Buildings you visited, events, stadia, arenas. What are some that have an impact on you? Well, I, th- I think it, it's interesting. Uh, I love movies. I love sports movies, mm-hmm. Bill. And, and you and I could probably debate for an hour over, you know, the best sports movie. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think back to Hoosiers. Yeah. And uh, obviously from close to, to where you live there in Cincinnati, right across the border in Indiana, uh, in, at Milan High School. Yes. Where uh, obviously the inspiration behind that movie was. And uh, when you and some others were helping us, work on the renovation of numerous facilities at the University of Cincinnati, we were working on the arena. Mm-hmm. And we took a small group over to Milan High School, and we tried to see what did they do to capture that incredible history of winning that state championship in 1952 and, mm-hmm. and what they did and how they remember it and how they allow it to inspire them onto – uh, a bright, bright future. And even though the gym has been torn down, you know, how did they preserve the team and pictures and the trophy and the banners and all the different aspects of it? And just listening to them was just a great learning opportunity to understand that, hey, it was such an incredible sense of pride for that community and that high school and how they sustain that to this day. It was just really, really cool. And, uh, you know, when you think of, well, how big was the bracket? Well, it was over 700 teams. And how many people know that? And how many people really know the story behind it? And trying to ensure that you can build upon history. And, and I think that's one thing that USC does a great job of. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to walk by five uh, Heisman trophies every day walking into the building and walking in and, and seeing the great history of, of our women's sports and it was awesome watching this year being a part of the HBO premiere uh, on the documentary of the back-to-back national championship uh, women's basketball team mm-hmm. featuring Cheryl Miller from mm-hmm. 1983 and 84 in uh, the documentary uh, Women of Troy that HBO did. So I think those two really create a sense of, hey, what can we learn from those teams and and those times to ensure that uh, we can replicate those and what can we take away that inspires people to see something maybe in themselves maybe in a, in a very young person to say hey I want to see myself wearing uh, you know the UFC jersey I want to be a part of that women's basketball uh, lore and restoring that back to UFC and being a part of something like that uh, I think actual historic events and how people uh, remember those and and build upon those I think is always very very inspiring. Is there a particular story that you've been a part of in your career a team whether it's um, at Boulder High right in Colorado or at Kansas or in any of your uh, stops along the way has there been a team that has been you know under your management or in a department you're a part of that really sticks out to you as far as telling that story or had a great story? Well, it's interesting. I've, I've been blessed to be a part of a, of a ton of them. I think the one that kind of jumps to mind is 
I was 37 years old. I'm the athletic director at the University of Idaho. And we were making the move to 1A, uh, which is now the equivalent of the, you know, the, the bowl championship series level. And uh, uh, to understand that, and, and Idaho has since gone back, which is frustrating because we worked so hard to get them there, but I understand that. And uh, it was our first year uh, of being in the 1A piece. And at the time, there was 126 football teams in the country. Uh, at the 1A level, and we were ranked 126. <laughs> and uh, I think we opened up the season at LSU, which was uh, obviously pretty daunting if you think about that. And we went into that season, and uh, we had an incredible uh, running back named Joel Thomas, who was a great leader. We had a wonderful head coach in Chris Tormey, and a wonderful group of seniors that disbelieved and you know what we battled and we battled and we ended up winning the big west conference <laughs> championship which gave us an automatic bid to the uh humanitarian bowl in boise it was the inner the university of idaho's first bowl game in their history wow. and it was uh uh incredible to beat southern mississippi in that bowl game and just the ability to overcome so many uh, odds or perceptions of our program was, was just incredible. Yeah. You know, and we were fortunate enough to beat Boise State on a trick play in overtime when we went for two to win it. And uh, just some magical moments throughout that, that season that were just really, really fun and exciting. And uh, uh, it, was just, it was just great to be a part of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Back to your athletic director's hat. Two-part question. You can – Answer in any order you so choose. What's the greatest thing about being an athletic director, and what's the most challenging or difficult thing about being an athletic director at this level? I think I think it's the same thing. I think it's the same answer. It's people. Mm-hmm. I think the most rewarding piece is when you can see a student athlete recover from an injury or come in and and reach their goals through hard work, become an Olympian maybe, uh, which I've been fortunate to be around some of those athletes. Uh, you know, and, and being able to really shine, to see a community rally, to see a university grow with immense pride over a great team uh, with an incredible marching band and a spirit squad and everybody united around them and knowing that it, it represents who they are to go to a great game and, and, and be a part of something like that. And then the most difficult side is, again, people when – uh, injuries happen and people's careers are over or there's other challenges associated with uh, 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 things that happen through a program and having to address those, whether it's NCAA rules violations or any other type of, uh, all you have to do is open up the newspaper on any given day and, and, and see cases of, of that around the country. That's obviously the hardest part because again those are people that are involved in that those are families and uh that's why i think it's it's such a awesome profession but also so challenging because you don't want to let people down you want athletics to be the launch pad for greatness and for incredible um growth as individuals for the rest of their life mm-hmm. and knowing that sports can do that but it also can have an incredibly negative 
impact if uh, there's other things that happen. So I think that's what makes it so very, very difficult. Who or what has had the greatest enduring impact on you and your path? I know you mentioned your mom. You mentioned some high school coaches. Is there more of a an event or was there an aha moment or something that was hugely impactful to you? Oh, boy, it's, it's probably got to go back to Little League baseball days. <laughs> I was fortunate enough that my mom was actually the first female state administrator of Little League baseball west of the Mississippi. And you may say, well, okay, what does that have to do with anything? But, uh, you know, for her to set up a, a competitive spirit of the all-star team and that experience and to be able to compete and uh, know that uh, – you know, we were all trying to do everything we could to represent our league moving forward and uh, on the state level and to compete for uh, the opportunity to go to California to play in an effort to try and get to the World Series. Now, we never made it that far, uh, but that was obviously the aspiration. So clearly it's my mom. I mean, she was a phenomenal PE teacher, uh, a great mom. Uh, she was always there supporting us in everything we could do involving for me, three sports, that's quite a commitment when you think all the time of driving to games, driving to practices, uh, making sure we were fed, making sure we were rested, making sure we had our schoolwork done. I mean, that it, it's, it's clearly got to be my mom, and uh, my hat's off to her. And uh, she's still coaching me today. She's 87, and, <laughs> and she's still coaching and trying to do everything she can to ensure that uh, I've got a great focus on uh, all the different things that are important to um uh, being involved in sports and that responsibility that comes with that. So it's clearly mom. I, I appreciate you, Bill, bringing, bringing that up. Yeah, that's good. And a parent's work is never done. Is it? <laughs> never, never. Trust me. <laughs> I know with three great grandkids right now, I understand that. No question. If you could give advice to other organizations, not whether it's athletics, business life, uh, what are some of those advice keys that you would give to others? to help them have an impact? Well, I, I would first say surround yourself with, with, with great people. You're, you're only as good as your team. Surround yourself with great people. Have an incredibly positive attitude, a can-do attitude, a collaborative attitude, a, a, an attitude uh, that is contagious in, in every single thing that you do. Uh, so I think, again, it comes down to people. Like we talked about early, we talked about relationships. It's all about people, relationships, and being able to make people better. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that if you can be in an environment where people are challenging each other in your organization, but unconditionally you're all committed to the same thing, the same vision, I think that's why those guiding principles are so important because if everybody understands the vision and the guiding principles and the rules that of engagement that we're going to follow, uh, things will come together a lot quicker than maybe you realize. So I don't believe it's rocket science. I, I think, again, <laughs> listening, learning uh, before you lead. And, again, it's about people. It's about teamwork. It's about uh, respect. It's about that uh, sense of teamwork that that uh, makes sports so awesome that you just implement into the workforce. And uh, it's not easy. But uh, I think that's clearly what it's all about. What are you most excited about right now? Well, right now, um, 
trying to get excited just like the rest of the country about a, uh, making progress associated with not only COVID, but with uh, all the challenges associated with uh, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. uh, associated with uh, uh, all of the different racial injustices in the country. Uh, what I get excited about is trying to make a difference. And uh, that's what I try and do every day. And uh, I've got to ensure that I have my mind right on a daily basis associated with my ability to commit and uh, uh, inspire others to understand different things about all the challenges we're facing and be encouraging and be supportive and be uh, uh, embracing to all the different challenges that uh, so many of us are facing right now. And uh, that excites me to try and be a part of that, and I've got to find a way to be better at that each and every day, especially after, you know, being at home working on Zooms and calls and trying to do that through via Zoom and things like that. I don't think I've done as good a job as, as I'd like to, so I've got to find a way to, to be better there. So it's always about trying to improve and grow, and, uh, again, that's why I enjoy staying in touch with my high school coaches and people that mean a lot to me because that uh, provides incredible perspective and gives me a view sometimes that maybe I've uh, forgotten about. What was the greatest moment of Mike Bones' student-athlete career from Little League all the way through KU? Wow. I mentioned Little League earlier. Uh You know, I I grew up with a neighbor by the name of Steve Duard. And we grew up from about age three, I think he was a year older, to age four. And Steve's my best friend. And uh, he still is my best friend. He was my best man at my wedding. He was instrumental in introducing me to my wife, who we met in, who I met in high school. And uh, he was 12, and I was 11. And we were playing on the all-star team. And... Uh, Steve and I used to practice pitching in the backyard a lot. In fact, his lot was right next to mine, and his dad helped build a little pitcher's mound, and my dad uh, helped build a little catcher's uh, home plate and a backstop, and we would practice out there all the time. It was just dirt in between there. It wasn't nice. It was just an open field, but we practiced, and we practiced, and we did a lot of things. We played tetherball back there we did all kinds of different things back there and that was probably my first real experience of being on a stage that I thought was big time the game was broadcast locally on radio Uh, there was a big crowd there Steve was pitching and I was catching and there was one signal all game long and that was a one finger down Give me the and heat. You know what? Give me the he heat. He brought the heat every <laughs> single pitch. And you know what? Steve struck out 16 out of the 18 outs, and we won a game that we weren't expected to win, and it was just awesome. <laughs> it was just so powerful to be able to, for the very first time at age 11, to lock in mentally on every pitch, every piece, and just being able to, you know, it's kind of like in the movie For Love of the Game, mm-hmm. just to, you know, clear the mechanism you know just so and and you didn't know how to do it until you do it and and our coaches were in and they they just helped us and just to be a part of that game when steve did that i still have the radio broadcast 
on a, on a cassette. Uh, I don't listen to it often, but I know where it is in the house. And uh, that, that was really, really special. And it was special because you could do it with somebody you respect, somebody you love, somebody you uh, uh, just uh, really grew up with. And, uh, boy, his toughness and his folkness and his uh, ability to compete is, is just amazing. And uh, I'm here to tell you that that, that neighbor and that pitcher is a, uh, is a judge today, <laughs> a district judge in Colorado. And you know what? There isn't a better man for that job and that tough job than Steve Gerard. And it, it's because of a lot of those lessons that he gained going through basketball he and i played uh on the same high school teams together so it went well beyond that mm. and uh, uh i just think that whole memory of of being able to compete with steve and seeing him win that game virtually single-handedly was was just amazing it's just fun to talk about well mike uh any other advice or any other uh any other thoughts you want to get on the podcast today no, it's been a pleasure to be with you, Bill. I think the world of you and your organization. And I think in the end, with with all the pressures we're under, I've, we've talked about them. Uh, in the end, I think you got to have some fun. I think you got to be with people you enjoy. I think it's important. I mean, you and I have had moments where we laugh about different things. Yeah. And guess what? That made it fun. Absolutely. That made it fun. But I guess what? I know this. There was never, ever, ever a time that I didn't pick up the phone and you called me right back and vice versa. Yep. And I think it's about trust, it's about fun, it's about partners, and it's about relationships. And it's allowing others to help your journey, your goals, uh, move in the right direction, and you do it together. Mm. And uh, I, I just encourage people in these times when maybe they, they aren't seeing anybody, they're doing the same thing I'm doing, is to try and find a way to connect with people and let them know you love them, you care about them, you need them and you want them to be successful. And I think if, if we can be better at that, then I think we're going to be able to get out of this uh, challenge with, with COVID and the, the racial injustice around this country a lot quicker than uh, maybe many people think we can. Good words of wisdom, Mr. Bone. Well, we, uh, you know, we were grateful for your time with us in Cincinnati and have really appreciated all your enthusiasm you brought. And I know that the integrity you brought both here and other institutions you brought to USC and and Los Angeles and the USC, the Trojan Nation is very blessed to have you on board leading their department. So, Mike, it's always a pleasure, um, and thank you again so much for being on Building Ideas. Well, you bet. Keep doing great stuff, Bill. All the best to you, buddy. And always fight on. <laughs> fight on, Mike. You take care. It's been great talking. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Building Ideas is presented by MSA Design. To learn more about MSA Design, visit us on the web at www.msaarch.com.